your pride There's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, don't try to fly Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we're still unbreakable what is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashton Horner, and I have a really special, inspiring guest today. Chris Gethin, good evening to you. Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. I can't believe I've waited this long to have you, but I actually did it intentionally because I'm a much better podcaster now. So um, it's not easy. And podcasting. you take the best to last. I did. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Mr. Chris Gethin himself. So what are you doing over in India right now? I'm uh, training a fella, a celebrity, a Bollywood celebrity here called uh, Riddick Roshan. So uh, he's got to get ready for a movie called Fighter, which sounds very similar to Maverick. And uh, he's got to get in tip-top shape for that movie. And he's very much out of shape at the moment. So what time is it over in India right now? It's six o'clock. So mm. it's an hour and a half away from my bedtime. Mm. You go to bed at, you go to bed at uh, eight o'clock? 7.30. 7.30. What time are you waking up over there? At four o'clock. I, I usually read in bed for about 30 minutes. I go to unwind. Mm -hmm. I've got like this biohacking device called the brain tap. I wear that as well uh, just to lull me to sleep because I've got like an anxious mind that's, I find it very, very difficult to switch off. So I have to have my unwinding time and then I'm up at 4 a.m. Let's. I want to I wanna back up. So I've, I've known Chris Guthin for like what? We've known each other for more than 10 years now. Oh, it's over 10 years for sure, yeah. Um, I, I can't remember the first time that I saw you. It was definitely at an expo. Um, we were probably at the bodybuilding.com booth together. And I want to sure. say it was overseas. It was because it, I remember riding in your car somewhere. Oh, right. Remember yeah, we yeah, were yeah. in like so, some, yeah, you're taking me to the expo. I was the new girl. <laughs> yeah, so that could have been in the Camaro. Was it in the, the green Camaro? It was, possibly? yep, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I had that shipped from here over to the UK for, uh, for a while. Uh, so yeah, that would have been body power. Yeah. And I, I remember whenever I saw Chris, he's a very distinctive individual, not only his, uh, loud, loud, obnoxious accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, you notice Chris, not, not just because of, um, he's, he's extremely positive, extremely positive, he has a crazy built physique, but the more that you get to know him, you realize, and you can do the pecs fleck real well, you realize that his his drive and his dedication to the craft is is unlike anybody out there. How long have you been in the industry? Uh, 25 years now. Yeah, since the mid Well, since the mid-90s, I got my qualifications in uh, personal training, nutrition, sports therapy in the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. And and you started in the beginning. Um, where are you from originally? From Wales, and yeah, then, land of the hobbits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you got into bodybuilding? Well, no, yeah. Well, I, I was racing motocross for 11 years uh, full-time. And, uh, you know, I just had so many injuries that I went to see a lot of specialists Phys um, uh, osteopaths, massage, chiropractor, you name it. Like I was, my back was in a mess. I've got uh, quite a severe curvature of my spine. It's uh, like uh, scoli uh, scoliosis. And um, it wasn't until I actually started doing resistance training that was advised by my physiotherapist 
that I was alleviated of the pain and kind of alleviated of the depression that I was going through as well because my identity was motocross and I'd lost that. So then I'm dealing with the pain and I'm dealing with that loss. So I had the physical pain and the mental pain and I was alleviated from it. So that's how I got hooked onto weight training then, more of as a drug because it's a good replacement and a therapeutic tool than aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And it is to this day, you know, it's my mental therapy. Yeah. And, and getting into, uh, if, if you didn't think that you were doing bodybuilding, like if you wouldn't have gotten into bodybuilding, what do you think you would have been doing? Um, it depends broken, if I would have broken survived. into a million pieces somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I, I, I don't know if I would have survived yeah. uh, the time that I was going through at that time, because I was doing a lot of drugs, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. Uh, life was definitely a white knuckle ride at that time, but I've always had uh, massive enthusiasm for towards music. Mm. So whenever I've gone through bad times, I've always kind of lent on music. And, uh, you know, when I was here in India, the first time I was here, I was going through a, a horrendous time uh, with a lot of depression, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration. And, uh, you know, training was an outlet, but it wasn't enough at that time. So I went to music again. I actually recorded an album uh, while I was here. And I I wrote two books while I was here as well, because I just needed more outlet, more outlet, more outlet. There wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, so music is definitely uh, one of those things, one of the tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I prefer to receive it than actually give it. Mm-hmm. Well, on your site and Instagram, you have some uh, like remarkable transformations uh, and a lot of them, you know, you do have a, a big clientele over in India. Where does that, where, like, where does that, where does that come from? And what are the key principles? Yeah. When I started doing personal training, I was working on cruise liners for a while. I was doing personal training and massage on there because I had my massage therapy qualifications in remedial Swedish, um, uh, aromatherapy, et cetera. And I found out that here in the US, because I was out of Florida working on the cruise liners, you could get tip more mm. being a mo- uh, massage therapist instead of a personal trainer. So I switched over to massage therapy. But then when I left there, I moved to Australia. I uh, After a while, I was doing mobile personal training, but then I purchased a gym. Mm-hmm. And then I focused on transformations. I didn't allow people to come in and sign up for personal training. I wouldn't do packs of 10 or one-on-ones or anything like that. It would be, you can sign up for 12 weeks or you sign up for 18 weeks, dependent on where they were at, if they're obese or whatever. And so I needed to have that sense of urgency. And that's always worked for me. That's why I started doing bodybuilding competitions because I needed a sense of urgency. You know, it's like you compete in various things because you have to see that end goal. Otherwise, you just float around, you know, much like you're getting ready for a show now. I'm sure that's given you a sense of urgency within your training. And that kind of works for me. And I find that it works for clients as well. If we have a deadline and something that they have to work for. And I just get a lot of satisfaction. I guess it gives me purpose in life. Sometimes just like anybody, you have to have a reason to wake up the next day and wake up the next day. You know, I may not be the happiest person on earth. But purpose gives me drive to be on this earth. And that's one of my purposes, I feel. Yeah, I, I remember there was uh, a couple of years ago, I, I gave Chris a phone call because I was having a hard time with my training. It was like I had reached a point in my life where I wasn't actually training for anything. I didn't have anything on the horizon. I didn't have any fitness goals. Um, and I'll never forget the advice that you gave me. You just said, Ashley, you just have, you have to have that reason to wake up every single day. 
and train, even if it's just for you. Like you don't necessarily have to have, because I'm very goal oriented. I'm goal driven. And, and I, I've, you know, oftentimes like when I don't have, and sometimes it's pretty aggressive goals. I mean, your goals and your fitness feats that you've done have been extremely aggressive as well. And it's like, I, I have to hang that in front of myself because it creates this pressure this pressure to, to, to move and to perform and, you know, the anxiousness, it's like an outlet. Um, well, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about some of your biohacking stuff. I want to talk about nutrition. Can you kind of lay out like people who, who don't know you, who are listening to this, what are your basic philosophy? What is your basic philosophy when it comes to nutrition? Uh, yeah, it's very different to when I was, uh, kind of going into when I was doing like the traditional bodybuilding, even though I'm eating much like a bodybuilder right now. Um, I, there was a time when obviously we just looked at calories, didn't matter how we got them in, as long as it was the clean calories, chicken, steak, rice, oats, whatever. But now I look at it from a different holistic view. What are the micronutrients that is my, that my body needs that I need to provide it? I get my blood work done every six months. And that's not your typical blood panel. You know, that's my organic acids, my prolactin, uh, my Dutch test. I get every single test that you can think of. And I will eat accordingly. And I only eat now grass-fed, humane-raised, organic. I eat a lot of organ meats. Uh, and I have done for, for many years. It's cheap as well. Uh, but I, I'm very conscious of the food that I eat. Occasionally, I'll, you know, I'll do the fasting protocol. I've done a five-day fast. Um, I do the 24-hour fast. I don't do it at the moment because I'm trying to put on size. Um, but I have more of a holistic approach where I'm trying to focus on longevity now. I want to increase my health span. You know, at 48 years old now, I'm facing mortality and I want to ensure that my biological age is more important mm -hmm. than my chronological age. So I do everything that I can within the realms of bodybuilding because bodybuilding is very pro-inflammatory and it can age us. So I try to do whatever I can to reverse that process. And I have my biological age tested every single year and I've been able to decrease it every single year. And now it's 26 years old. So mm. I'm happy, happy with that. I was going to ask you, what was your biological age? 26? 26. How do, 20. you, do you feel about 26? What do you feel? Yeah, I do except for the injuries, you know, because I've had so many injuries. This tricep tear that I had a year and a half ago has just been horrendous. It's been the worst. Mm -hmm. And I keep re-injuring it. Never in the gym, though. It'll be something stupid like I'll drop a bag, you know, a grocery bag, and then I'll go to grab it quickly. And I just feel that, you know, I've, I pulled it. Like, I actually felt... I, uh, have you ever had a tear and you feel feel it bleeding inside? You know, you no. have internal bleeding. I've, no, I've, I've, I've had that a few tried. times. I've had that a few times, and I had it the other day on this tricep again. Dang. Um, yeah, so that's the only thing that really makes me feel my age, because... I've been doing extreme sports since the age of eight years old, and I've had a lot of injuries. And after a while, they seem to surface themselves, you know? So that's the thing. But thankfully, we've got another biohack in stem cells. And I've gone overseas on a couple of occasions now for stem cells, and they've been absolute miracle workers mm -hmm. for me. And especially on the tricep, because for a year and a half, I was doing 40-pound dumbbell presses mm -hmm. with pain. And now I'm able to do like 110-pound dumbbells but there's discomfort outside of the gym, as I explained before. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's you know, biohacking has been a help there too. Do you know why we can't get stem cells in the U.S.? If it's so Well, you can get stem cells. Well, why did you choose you to go overseas? Yeah. 
Yeah, because you can, you you're not allowed to harvest them within the US. Mm. So let's say if you've got eighty thousand or eighty million stem cells, you can only have eighty million stem cells. You can't harvest them over a two week period like you can overseas, like in Mexico or Colombia or mm. you know Panama. So that's why I've had them in the US. Yeah, you know so- I'm not saying that they don't work for everybody, but they didn't work for me. Uh, but going to places like Mexico worked wonders and they have all the biohacks to help proliferate and stabilize the stem cells mm. following each treatment as well like a hyperbaric oxygen chamber your ozone therapy where they transfuse your blood uh, using the PEMF so it's phenomenal wow um who would be a good candidate for people wanting to do stem cells and stuff i, th- I think everybody because yeah. who doesn't want to reverse their biological age right. who wants to who doesn't want to prevent uh, cartilage loss yeah. as they get older, yeah. uh, you know, tissue regeneration. Everybody should. Like, I'm trying to talk my dad into do it, doing it because he should have had a hip replacement 15 years ago. But, you know, these typical yep. old school people are like, I'm okay, and just oh, yeah. keep limping on through life. Yeah, I know. So I, think I was thinking about my mom. You know, I know you've heard stories. Of my, my mom's crazy mountain biker. Like, she's, you know, she has like a screw in her hip. She's like, I mean, she's crazy, right? Like I get a lot of the craziness from her. And I've told her about that a little bit. I'm like, mom, you know, there's options. You don't have to live like this, you know, like science is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there for you now. And so um, I want to, I want to kind of pivot just a little bit and talk, still talk about like nutrition, but um, when your philosophy in, in nutrition and clean eating, it's kind of evolved over time. Is this because, like, where does this come from? Like, is it is it just your curiosity of, like, wanting to learn more about it and get into the research side of things? And and did this have any effect to, you know, the Cage Muscle, the supplement company that you have? Like, your what you've learned over the years? Like, how has that been different than the other supplement companies on the market? Can you talk about that a little bit and your just philosophy of nutrition? Sure. I've, I've kind of got into it like by accident. You know, I usually do, like I got into bodybuilding because of injuries and I got into my philosophy on nutrition today and supplementation and biohacking based on another uh, downturn, I'd say. And that was, I had mold toxicity from staying in an apartment here in India in a place called Bandra. And I didn't know what was going on with me. I was literally sleeping three hours a night. I was Definitely not a good person to be around. I had a lot of anger issues. You know, if somebody would stare at me for more than four seconds, I'm like, what's up? You know, because I uh, I was just so on edge. And, you know, having three hours of sleep a night would probably do it to you. But I could recognize it in myself. And I knew this just wasn't me. And I don't, didn't know what was going on. And I tried every single avenue I could think of to try to help me sleep during the night. It was literally like getting on a 12-hour flight every single night. I'd wake up every 30 minutes thinking, it's time to get up. But no, it's 11 o'clock at night. Mm. 30 minutes later, time to get up. No, it's 12 o'clock. It was a nightmare, literally. And it wasn't until I was suggested to see this doctor in Oldsmar, Florida, called Dr. Spinag. And he has the Spinag's uh, clinic there. So I went and visited with, with him and he did literally 62 blood tests uh, on the first day, stool samples, urine, uh, brain scan, absolutely everything. And when he gave me the diagnosis and told me the symptoms that I'm feeling without even asking me of my symptoms, 
he explained everything of what I was feeling down to a T, wow. as if he had lived with me for the past three years. And uh, that's when I was diagnosed with mold toxicity. So I stayed there for six weeks. He would have had me there for six months if he had his way, but I couldn't be there for that long. And I just continued to do my research and go down the protocol of detoxing myself following that time. And that's when I started looking into nutrition and finding that there's mold spores in certain types of coffee and wine and grapes and uh, grains uh, and all sorts. And I thought, okay, I need to stay away from these foods. And this is when I started looking at the type of supplements and nutrition that is going to be of benefit to me, but could be harmful for someone else. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if you have got an excitatory brain, then you probably want to stay away from glutathione because that can excite the brain even more. And, you know, everybody's doing glutathione IVs, which are fine for some people, but not for everybody. So that's kind of how I went down that rabbit hole and uh, really realizing that much like with workouts, one size does not fit all, mm-hmm. even more so when it comes to the, you know, the, 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 the central nervous system. So being over in India right now, you're training, uh, Riddick, is that his name? Riddick, Riddick Roshan. Yeah, Did I meet him? So I actually got to go to India with Chris Gethin. Yeah. We traveled around together. We rode our bikes across India, uh, for an orphanage. Are you going to go out and see the girls at the orphanage? Uh, if I have time, I'm going to go up north. Uh, sorry. Is it pretty, south? Is it south? Yeah. I don't really yeah, know my geography a, on India very well. Yeah, it's quite a way. So I'm in Mumbai. We tra- we did meet a lot of celebrities here in the Mumbai gym uh, that we got here. But no, you didn't meet Red Riddick at that time. He's in the Juhu area. But he is basically like the Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt of India put mm. together. He's that mm. big. Wow. You know, like he just released a little tiny teaser for his movie the other day and it got 20 million views in on YouTube within 24 hours. Unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's wow. So, so you're over there in India. What I've noticed always about your training and how you like to approach it with your clients is, you know, you're different than you're like, yeah, I'll train you until you want to quit. You're like, no, you have to commit to me for like you were saying, it has to be months. Correct. Like you, you want to walk the journey with these people. You don't want to just give them a workout and say, go do this and, you know, check in on Friday. You literally do it with them down to if they want to do their blood work with you, if they, what are some other things that you offer for your clients? Because uh, on people who are listening to this, Chris Gethin is in India training like the, the best celebrities. You know, he was just talking about that. And we're going to talk about his India clients in a second, but he does this sort of stuff with, with like um, Americans, like he's not going to come live with you. You probably don't want Chris Gethin to come live with you. I don't know. Um, I think it'd be kind of exciting. (laughs) But, uh, but this is what he, this is how he trained. This is his, this is his package. This is how he's different. And this is why like what he brings to the table is it's so great because it's literally everything, everything down to, like you said, the micronutrients and what you're eating, the supplementation, you're sleeping, all of it. Um, and that's correct, right? Yeah. Did I yeah. miss anything? So, what else do you give them? No, you've got everything. So luckily with someone like uh, my client, you know, I contacted Peter Henshaw, who does the best hyperbaric oxygen chambers in the world and said, can you send uh, a HBOT machine over to India? Sure. So he's got one in his house. He's got the red light panels. He's got the earthing mat. 
He's got the infrared sauna. He has an ice bath every single day. Mm. I insist that my clients have ice baths every day, you know, to help with mobilizer fatty acids, help with the inflammation that I'm putting them through as well. So I, I never do it post-workout because we need that hormetic response from, uh, from the workout. But like I eat exactly what my client eats. You know, I'm eating the same meals because I want to ensure if there's any discrepancy that I pick it up, mm -hmm. you know, so if that fish isn't cooked right, or I know this is a bit oily, that's a sauce that shouldn't be on there. I pick it up. And uh, because I cannot afford one meal to go wrong, there's no, there's no turning back. You can't make up for that, especially when they look in a pretty bad state in the beginning, because I don't know why when they hear that I'm coming to train them, they're like, okay, I've got two weeks or four weeks to eat whatever I want to make my job even harder, you know? Um, but like, for, for instance, for today, like this morning, I was up early, went to did my own cardio on the beach. And then uh, when it's like, it, it's monsoon season here. So it started bucketing down. Mm. And uh, that was when we were to do cardio this morning with my clients. This is like three hours later. So I was like, okay, let's go outside. It's pissing down with rain. Let's go hit our cardio. So I took the mitts out there. We did some boxing, took some cones for agility work. So that was my second cardio, but it, well, I'm not supposed to do two cardios in the morning. I think you have to be your own shop window front as well. Yeah. You have to encourage them. And just like kids, you know, uh, they learn by observation. So if they observe you doing something, you're going to encourage them to do it as well. Because he probably wouldn't have gone out in the monsoons otherwise, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it gives you another... Uh, it's kind of refreshing reason that you are able to control your environment and not get controlled by it. Because so many people say, oh, it's raining, it's snowing, can't go outside. Well, of course you can. Your skin's waterproof. Get out of there. Mm -hmm. I love that mindset. I'd be the same way. Um, I want to talk about your being over in India right now. What? How, like, how is it training? Um, I mean, you over here in the States, you are considered a celebrity, Chris, I believe. Um, and so we basically have a celebrity and a celebrity. How is that over there in India? Because I, I have been over in India with you. You are like highly regarded over there as a celebrity as well because you train the celebrities. So how is your schedule over there? How are you doing it all? What is your schedule with uh, Riddick? Rhetoric? With Riddick, yeah. Riddick. So I'm usually with him at eight o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we'll eat, stretch. The, you know th this guy has had more injuries that I I can count. Um, so you know there's a lot of muscle activations that we have to go through before every single workout. So it takes a while, and then we go through our workout. We're doing five days a week training, but seven days a week cardio. So mm -hmm. there's, no, there's never a non-training day. A non-training day is double cardio. Um, so I'm there in the morning, probably until about 11 o'clock. Then I work out myself if it's a training day and if I can fit my training in, which I always do. And, uh, and then I'm back there again at four o'clock in the evening to do our, our cardio, you know? So that's what it looks like. And, uh, if I don't like, for instance, tomorrow afternoon, it'll be a non-training day. Cause I've got to do, I've got to be on a podcast over here. And then the following day, I have to travel to Bandra because I'm going to be doing an interview for a newspaper. So, yeah, it's a little bit different for me here than it is in the U.S. Right. I'm not going to be asked to be in newspapers yeah. and stuff like that. But here it's a little bit different. And, you know, it's kind of weird because, of course, we're in the spotlight. Uh, but I'm sure you, you know this, uh, Ashley. I'm, I'm not very good in front of a lot of people. I don't like attention like that. I like to do my own thing and keep my head down because I never really got into bodybuilding 
to really get any tension. I, I got into bodybuilding because I love training and I just love, I love the, I love the journey. I love the process and I love the pain that's associated yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about what, like, what's your schedule right now with, you know, training, training the clients over there? What are you putting them through? And like, what does their nutrition look like, especially with the the Indian culture and their food? Yeah. Look, I don't care if I'm training an Italian, a Mexican or an Indian. They eat the same shit. That same bodybuilding, chicken and rice. It's nothing different. You got it. You what got about it. curry? Do they put curry on their? <laughs> no, no. Like I work with a chef, with his chef very, very closely you know, to make the food taste good and kind of quote unquote Indianized, mm -hmm. but you know, maybe it's a spinach based sauce, mm -hmm. you know, so there's no oil in it. There's no butter, there's no ghee or anything like that, but it's your typical six meals a day plus a shake. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of meal frequency, a lot of food, like for the first four weeks, he was hating life because this guy is only, I don't know what he'd be in pounds, but he's like 75 kilos. It's not much. Yeah. Uh, but I had him on like 4,800 calories for the first four weeks, you know, a lot of food. Yeah. And uh, he was hating it because we had to put some muscle on his frame because it'd be impossible for me to diet him down and look good without muscle. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He'd be very, very flat. So, uh, and now he's on like 2,800 calories, but he's on that every single day, lower calories on non-training days and uh, five days a week weight training. And he has, like, everybody in India, I don't know why it is, but everybody goes to bed so late mm. uh, where I insist they have to be in bed about 10 o'clock latest mm -hmm. because I don't want their cortisol levels up higher than it should be after dusk. Mm -hmm. You know, if we look at our ancestors, they were up with a campfire, with the candlelight, and then they went to bed. Mm -hmm. Now we've got screens, we've got artificial lights. That's why you know, I'm wearing the blue light blocking glasses. Uh, we don't want that penetrating our retina and through photo biomodulation through our skin. So I get them to bed early, bring their cortisol levels down. I get every, I get my clients to track their sleep with the aura ring as well. So they have to send that to me every single morning, send me the diary of what they ate and when they ate the day before and what time they went to bed. And they have to send me their sleep score so I can look at their deep sleep cycle, their REM. And then that kind of dictates if they have an off day or a lighter day, or we go hard at it mm -hmm. day because they recovered well. This episode of Reborn is brought to you by BetterHelp, a really cool and convenient platform for online professional therapy. Look, guys, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but I know in the past I have gotten so stuck just focusing on a problem um, instead of the solution, right? When we're hit with life's obstacles and, I mean, there's been a lot of changes that have happened over the last two years, right? Like, that's just facts. And I have had to do a lot of, quote unquote, problem solving, um, not only just like in my personal life of things changing with kids' schools, the stress of that, are they in, are they out, do we switch schools, public, private, um, but also changing the business, like how business operates and, and the challenges of, of the problems that come up. Look, I know that it, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in the problem-solving mode when you're faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn to learn how to find your own solutions to not just get stuck in like, 
I'm just solving like a problem, the same problem. It's because you're not changing the solution. You have to, you have to find your own solution to be able to solve that. There's really no better feeling. And with better help, a therapist is actually available to help you to become a better problem solver, making it easier for you to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. And look, guys, I, I want everybody to know here that um, if if you need to unload stress, if you, if you need healing, um, if, if, if this can help with anxiety or depression, talk to somebody, talk to somebody. And these programs like BetterHelp is an online platform that is so convenient for you. Um, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out just a brief survey. survey. And if you don't like the therapist that they matched you with, you can switch at any time. Um, so if you guys want to be better problem solvers and, and really start finding solutions, therapy can help you get there. Visit betterhelp.com slash reborn today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash reborn. All right, back to the show. I want to ask you about a recent podcast that you did uh, called Weed and Workouts. What are your oh, thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts, Chris, on cannabis as it pertains to fitness? This um, is, a, this well, is actually you know a really interesting topic. Yeah. Do you know what? It has a place, but I would prefer it in the form of like a THC sort of tincture with CBD, you know, as opposed to smoking it. Everybody's different. Obviously, Julian, you know, he likes to smoke. Like when we sm uh, trained, uh, I think it was like six weeks ago or eight weeks ago, you know, he was smoking weed before we worked out. Mm -hmm. Could I have done that? No, no way. You know, it, it, it doesn't work for me that way. I think it has a positive effect with some people and a negative effect in others. Some people are fast caffeine metabolizers. Some people are slow caffeine metabolizers. Some people can take creatine and feel the effects. They receive the effects. Other people take creatine and they don't. And it's the same with cannabis. You know, I think it's individualized for that particular person. Does it help me sleep? If I have a THC tincture with CBD, sure it does. Mm -hmm. Really helps me sleep. But it may, may uh, you know, someone else might have an anxiety attack with it. Yeah. Can you know, I was always really, um, you know, I, I grew up like a very good girl, I guess you could say, you know, just in the middle of Oklahoma, just out in the middle of nowhere, probably didn't even know what cannabis was. It's funny, you look, was. you look like a bad girl, actually. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's because, you know, I don't want people talking to me, so I just get tattoos and put a snake on my neck. Yeah, um, and have some crazy dogs around you. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't been, you know, and it hasn't been until recently that, you know, just my mental health and just figuring out the options and what's out there that I have started doing cannabis. And that has like hands down has changed my life. It has for, for like the better has changed my life. Um, how do you do it? Uh, you smoke it? 
Do you do tinctures? Do you do gummies? Uh, so I just recently started smoking it and I actually don't really care for the smoking because I'm new. I'm new to cannabis. I'm very new, you know, and actually my mom actually was the one. <laughs> my mom was a big pothead, I think. Um, you know, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, but um, my mom was the one. She's just like, she's like, actually, you know, you just need, it was sleeping similar to what my, I just have a very, very busy active mind, anxious at night, thinking about everything that I didn't do, you know, excited about things. And so I just needed to level myself out. And, um, and so my mom was like, you know, you need to try, you need to try this. And I was like, mom, like, what are you talking about? And, um, and so it started out with, with the chews, with the gummies. And then, um, and then, yeah, I've recently started smoking it and just, I don't know, I'm still experimenting, you know, like what works for me, like what doesn't the different, there's so much out there now. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely new to it. All right. Do you know what Delta, Delta 8 is? Have you ever heard I of have, that? I have. Yep. We have it out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What is so Delta let me just 8? tell you a quick, a quick funny story about that. So there's a company that I use. It's called a, the, the, a CBD. Okay. And they also manufacture another brand of CBD. Now they'd sent this sample to my house back in uh, Boise. And usually I would take, like I take 3000 milligrams of CBD before bed. That works for me. That's a sweet spot. Mm. And I thought, God, I really got to sleep tonight because I've got to film with Brandon Poe in the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I saw this CBD, this other, this other company in the spare bedroom downstairs. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just, I haven't tried this. I'll take that. And I noticed it was only 1200, 1200. So I thought, oh, I probably should take like five or four or five of these then. So I took them Anyway, I was watching this movie and uh, I, I was watching it with Sunshine and I, I was thinking, I'm getting crazy high here. What's going on? <laughs> I, th- I think they're, they're, that must have been spiked or something. They got the ratios wrong with CBD. Yeah. And I just came again worse and worse. And I was like, at what point do I say something? <laughs> and eventually I had to say something. I was like, I am off my tits here. <laughs> I took that CBD in the bedroom. Uh, in the bathroom, and Sunshine said, did you take the one that said Delta 8 on it? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, my God, that's pure THC. And I was like, how am I supposed to know? I don't know what Delta 8 is. I'd taken 160 milligram of THC. I have spoken to so many people that are, like, full-on potheads, and they're like, I don't know anyone who's taken 160 milligram. And I was like, oh, because like she was reading the label yeah. and she's looking online and she's going, we need to call the ambulance. And I'm like, do not call the ambulance. Do not call the ambulance. I said, I'm going to go upstairs to the bedroom and I'm going to write this out. Yeah. And it was a long night. Oh. It was a long night. Like oh. I filmed the next morning with sunglasses on because I was still high. Oh my gosh. Did you sleep at all? Did you know passing out and sleeping? Uh, I, I slept a little bit. I slept a little bit, but like it took a while. Yeah. Like I had this sleeping pill, a little bit of a sleeping pill mm-hmm. and sunshine gave me a little bit of it. And I said, look, if I'm still awake up here in an hour's time, you need to give me a little bit more. Yeah. So she, <laughs> oh my goodness. She was very cautious. She's like, I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really funny. I haven't had any experiences like that. Hopefully I don't, but I am definitely very, very new to the to the cannabis. And um, but I will say it has been a very positive um effect to just my overall life and everything. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, do you know how many calories I'm eating right now? Yeah, I was just th- hearing how I mean, many how yeah. many calories. Yeah. You're you're in the mass building phase, yeah. I am. I haven't started cutting yet. 
Okay, two, how much activity are you doing a day? Dude, none. I'm just lifting. Oh, just lifting? Just 2, lifting. 000, I'll, I'll go on walks with my dogs. 2,300 calories? Up. 2,600 calories? Up. Holy crap. <laughs> but you've been scaling it, yeah? Um, I, well, I've been at this now for like four weeks. I'm at 45, 5,000 calories. What? Yeah, man. 4,500 calories. Yeah, dude. I'm thick. Unbelievable. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. He actually just took out a muffin. He told me to drop a muffin. I'm eating um, a cup or a three-fourths cup of oatmeal, a bagel, and a whole muffin for breakfast in the morning with eggs and egg whites. But the thing that I, I'm realizing, though, Chris, is like, so I actually had my blood work done. I had really good blood work, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking about like my micronutrients. Yeah. Because I'm not getting any of that. Yeah. Are you taking any greens powders or anything like that? I know, but I need to start. So what I usually do first thing in the morning, I'll have my apple cider vinegar. I'll have greens. I'll have three digestive enzymes as well. Mm -hmm. I'll take NAC as, as well with that before anything, just to make sure that I get my nutrients in, my micronutrients in. ASAP mm -hmm. because like the thing is when you're eating that many calories, you're like, I don't want to eat any vegetables. Dude, I, I gotta get my I carbs hate, in I hate protein. Eating. I literally yeah. Hate it. So then you just have to rely on a lot of greens powders, you know, which is great that we yeah. do have them available, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what I rely on because I'm eating so much food at the moment mm -hmm. as well, insane amount. And I just can't eat vegetables as well. I just don't yeah, have the room. I don't. I just don't like. I don't do any vegetables at all because I just food right now is just it's just eating it just to put it down. Yeah. Like it's literally takes so much time. But I figured you'd be impressed. Yeah, I've gained like fifteen pounds. I weigh uh, one um, one forty four. I fluctuate now from one forty four and one forty six. So, isn't that crazy? And, and when's your sh when's your show? November twelfth. November 12th. I come back on the 6th. Wouldn't it be cool if I could pop on over there? And Dude, yeah, it's Northern Virginia. So yeah. that would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'm actually gonna, I'm heading up to go see Dana Lynn Bailey this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. So she's probably gonna, we're going to train together and stuff. So that'll be fun. That's that'll be cool. good coming in. That's cool. Have you, you've been to Calispell before? I haven't. This is my first time. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Like they've, are you going to stay in one of, a, one of their cabins? I was going to stay at their house. Yeah. Oh man, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Our house is great. Great view. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna put a bug in there that you and Sunshine and me and Blue we need to come up there and go snowboarding together. Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. We went snowboarding there a few years ago uh, with with Dana. Yeah. And it's the slopes are awesome. Yeah. We should definitely do that. Yeah, I know. But I'd I'll, love to do I'll, that. I'll, I'm gonna make it a lot easier. Now, after my tricep falling off last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, what what's next for you? How long are you in India? What's your timeline that you have with, with, with the celebrities up there? Okay, well, I'm here until November 9th, I think it is. November 9th. Um, I get a feeling that uh, Riddick may ask me to extend mm. because, like, he had COVID, he had a slight injury. So we've been put pack a bit, but I don't know about that because I've been asked to go to Dubai to help transform someone, but that's kind of up in the air because that means I'll have to be there through Thanksgiving, mm. through Christmas, mm. few years, and you know someone will have to pay a lot of money um, in order for me to to yep. do that. So yep. that's that's the thing at the moment. And then um, 
for next year, you know, like I've always said that if I was to re- be reincarnated as a woman, it would be you yeah. for sure. You're such a badass. But I find so many similarities within what we do in our lives at certain times in our lives. It's uncanny. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually going to be a uh, guest post. Well, you're competing in a show. I'm actually, uh, you know, I haven't been bodybuilding for years. I know. Are you uh, going to get last- back up there? Are you going to do it? Well, well, the last time I was on stage, I guest posed in 2009. Okay. And I'm going to be guest posing again in June of next year. Nice. So you know, I saw you saying that you're doing a bodybuilding show. And I'm like, God, isn't this funny? I'm actually getting back into bodybuilding now. So I've been eating crazy for the past eight eight weeks now. Eight weeks now. And I'm sick of eating too. So what does it mean to be a, a guest uh like, what are you going to do? You're going to go out there on stage before everybody? Like, are you, you're, oh, you're the like end. the, you're like the main event. You're the yeah, main but event. I, there's usually a couple of, there's usually a couple of um, guest poses. Like, you know, there's no doubt I'm going to be on the smaller side of the other guest poses because like uh, Craig and Elaine at their shows, uh, they usually have people like Hunter Labrada uh, guest posing. That you know, he's one of their favorites. What, what show is so, it that you're going to be a guest poser at? It'll. I can't remember the name of it. What is the one that they have? Not the Empire Classic. Maybe it's called the Empire Classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's the Empire Classic actually. Yeah, so uh, I think that's a show that I'm going to be guest posing at. So what, where I'm, is it at? Out in Boise. Uh, it's it's in Seattle. Oh, okay. It's in, yeah. Awesome. So. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be documenting that process 12 weeks out. And then I'm going to document like the rebound that you get from after dieting. We, yeah. we put on a lot. I, that, that's maybe that's something you should do as well. Get the, document the rebound. Yeah, I'm wondering what I actually I wasn't I wasn't expecting to be enjoying myself. Do it like getting ready for the show. I just did it kind of exactly what we were talking about before. I just needed a goal, man. I was like, I was starting to drink every day, like the stress and the, just everything I was losing Um, myself. I was literally, I was just losing myself and I had to, and it was like, it was, I thought about it for like a couple weeks and it just kept coming up, coming up. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to full send. And I literally within, within 24 hours, I completely changed I completely changed probably the course of my life, but not only my life, like my family's life, my, all my kids and everything, everybody is like meal prepping now, you know, everybody is doing it. And so, um, I wasn't expecting to enjoy the bodybuilding stuff as much as I'm enjoying it now. So I don't know. I don't know what's next. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's like having a long lost friend come back for a little while and give you a hug, you know, and have a little bit of company. It's, you know, because it's all encompassing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, when you're preparing for, you know, like long distance, you know, crazy marathons and stuff that you do, or more like ultra marathons, um, you can still kind of get away with a lot of things. You can still eat certain things. You can get away with a couple of drinks here and there. You can't do that when you're on a bodybuilding uh, stage because it all reveals itself. So everything is so much more intense, which I think is more healing for someone like you and I, where it's like, okay, you need to be in a straight jacket for a little while. Yes. Let's go. That's uh, exactly okay, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. I, I was the same. I was the same way, Ashley, like last year. Um, and earlier this year I was, I was drinking a lot. Um, you know, not like getting pissed up every day, but I was drinking a lot. Yeah. And I was like, it's just, doesn't sit right, but I can't stop it. I know. You know? Yeah. And, I was yeah. waking up and I was starting, if I'm just being completely honest, I was starting to put whiskey in my coffee every morning. And oh, that's wow. when, that's when I was like, all right, 
I was like, Ashley, you need to, you can't. And I would put whiskey in my coffee and I would like go, it was just like, it was, it was, it just became like a daily thing. I could like go train if I wanted to, you know? And, yeah. you know, it was just, it wasn't like, it, I wasn't like getting tanked. I was, but it was just a little bit to take the edge off, you know? And yeah, I recognized, I, I was like, well, what comes next? You know, if I need a little bit now to take the edge off, like what happens when that's not enough anymore? And I need a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. And so that's ultimately why I was like, wow, I'm, and I, you know, I just took a look at my life. I was like, I feel like I'm being the biggest hypocrite. Like, sure. I was working out. I was eating healthy, you know, like what I thought was healthy. And, and, but I just had to take a good look at my life and be like, Ashley, you can't, you can't handle your stress like this. You, you if you're going to have these businesses, if you're going to have this platform, you cannot, you have to get control of your life or you're literally going to just, you're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin it. So yeah. fitness has saved me once. It saved me twice. You know, like I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm so glad that you found this to work towards, you know, because like, I remember that at one time that w when you contacted me mm -hmm. about, you know, you was always preparing for something. And I, I, I think I did say to you at one point, well, are you sure you're not doing these things because you're not running away from something? Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes you have to go, look, it doesn't matter what the hell the reason is, and if I am running away from something, I just need to run towards something. Because, you know, the one thing that I thought several years ago, I'm not, I thought, well, I can't keep having these challenges because there's going to be one day in my life that I may not be able to go towards these challenges. And then I'm going to be living in the abyss. Mm. And then I realized a couple of years after that, i.e. now, that's not the way to think. While you can, while you're fit, while you feel you have that need, just take advantage of it mm -hmm. and do all the bloody competitions and necessary challenges that you need to get you from here to there. And then you worry about there once it comes. What's uh, what's next for you, Chris, talking about challenges and stuff? You're going to do the guest posing, but what are you going to yeah. are you going to train more clients, get into like the more celebrity, just like traveling no, with this, them this, or? No, this is the first time I've accepted a client uh, in the last seven years. You know, I've had a lot of requests, but I've just been too busy. I've been enjoying doing other things. Um, but, you know, the guy that I'm training, Riddick, I really like him as a person. Mm -hmm. and You've I trained him before, train, right? Haven't you trained I, him before? I trained him once before in 2011. Yeah, 2011. And, uh, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to train somebody I don't want to really hang out with, even though I don't really hang out with him because I still need to keep that separation and be an authoritative figure. I could hang out with him and he's a good guy. He's a good human, very humble person, uh, quite the introvert, even though he's such a huge star. So I like, I like him. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one. But next year, you know, the focus is because I'm really enjoying this focus at the moment and putting on a lot of size again and being able to do the titty bounce and being able to do that for a while and know and seeing that my body is responding really well. Like I was 201 pounds eight weeks ago. I'm 230 pounds now. Dang. I think I've hit my plateau, which is good because I don't feel too fit at this uh, weight. How long have you been uh, over? In, how, how long have you been over in India? Five weeks, nearly four and a half weeks, four and a half weeks. Do, do you think that any of this has to do because you, you are more calm over in India? That's like, uh, no, I'm not more calm. I'm more on edge here. Oh, I'm the okay. opposite. Mm, I'm, okay. on, I'm the opposite. I'm on edge here. Um, why you know, why I, I, is that? Do you feel the pressure from training your clients? I, 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 no, that, there's the pressure of that for sure. It's the time zone with the US. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to get my US work done. And uh, I'm not good with a lot of people. And I get more attention here yeah. 
than I do in, 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 in Boise. You know, in Boise, I'm kind of left alone. And I like that. We're here. I get a lot more attention. You know, I, I was meditating down on the beach yesterday and five people wanted to sit down next to me and have their picture, which is fine. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm, you know, I'm not being an asshole about it, but it's like, I like space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in a place where there's a billion people, it's difficult to get the space. And I don't like traffic and it's traffic everywhere you turn. So it's just little things like that, I think, kind of add up. So I'm definitely on edge. And that's why I've got two meditation instructors here. And I meditate twice a day anyway, just to make sure that, you know, I'm a person that can be, um, you know, other people can be around. Mm -hmm. Do you do your own self-meditation or do you listen to an app or do you have anything to recommend to people? uh, Yeah, I've got one thing here. Just one second. Well, I've got it on my bedside. So, well, number one, I have a med- two meditation instructors. One female I'm going to stick to a lot more because, you know, I don't know, I vibe with her better. Uh, but the other device that I use is called a brain tap. Mm-hmm. I know I've spoken to you about various devices in the past, like the, what was the other one? I can't remember. But this is a brain tap. So this actually works through light uh, therapy penetrating your ear canals and your retina. And you also have binaural beats. And you also have the meditation instructor by Dr. Patrick Border, who's the inventor of this device. And it's phenomenal. I was speaking at a biohacking summit in London about four months ago, and I tried that on before my talk. And I put I put the focus setting on, you know, to get me focused and in the zone. And it really did work. And there's a couple of people that I know. I don't know if you know, like Darren Olian. They really suggested this device to me as well. So I was like, I like this. So mm-hmm. I went and uh, purchased one. And I use it for sleep. I use it for anxiety. I use it for uh, focus, energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, even my client has got one. And he uses it twice a day now. And it, it's really helped him. Awesome. So uh, I think it's phenomenal. So with that, at least you don't have any distraction at all. You just you can have it on airplane mode and have the app on your phone and just play. Is that what so you were wearing not- on the beach when everybody <laughs> were you wearing that no, on your head? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just down there listening to the ocean. No, I'm not that much of a freak. I'm not going to go in public. I do get in the ice bath in it and with it sometimes though, and stay in the ice bath with it. Yeah. Um, so after you do your uh, guest posing, you think you're going to get back on stage again? Oh, no, I'll never compete again. God, I got way too many tattoos, uh, Ashley. I know, I'm wondering. It's it's interesting with me getting on stage. I mean, what, it's been like 10 years because now I do have a lot of tattoos. And so that'll be interesting to see. I mean, I know that going into it. You know, again, I wasn't doing this for anybody else but myself, obviously, because I had to be put in a straight jacket, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, you know, I honestly don't even care. I don't even care if I, I win or not. Obviously, the competitor in me wants to win, but... Again, it's not, I'm doing this for a completely different reason. Not, you yeah. know, so I do know the and tattoos are. great to go up there and get feedback as well, as long as it's the correct feedback. One thing I will say with tattoos, though, is that you always want to tan a little darker mm. than what you generally would because that disguises the tattoos that much more. But, yeah, I'm absolutely plastered in them all <laughs> over my back, all over my chest, you do. all over you have, my arms. I think you have more tattoos than I have. Yeah, yeah well, sure. the entire left side of my body is tattooed. The yeah. entire left side. Yeah, and so, you, you um, recently yeah. got a new one, didn't you? That that's my neck. Yeah, I got oh, my neck done. That's awesome. 
the side and uh, I said that was going to be the last. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I said I wasn't going to get any more. And then I went and had the neck tattoo. Yeah, I remember that. I, I know. I was, I, I caught that whenever you're getting your neck, neck tattooed. Yeah. Um. So where can people find you though and stuff? Yeah. Where can people find you and. Sure. Well, just find me on Instagram. K-R-I-S. Gethin. G-E-T-H-I-N. But I will say this. After that next year, what I want to do is van life for probably about eight months. So I may come over and visit you, just live in a van. Yeah, I was going to tell you, if you wanted to come over here after India, and if you wanted to come to the show, you could just crash at my place and then okay, catch a flight true. the next day or on Sunday or whatever if and head home. definitely want me in a room as far yeah. away from you as possible because at my weight now, I don't know because I'm sleeping by myself, but I'm pretty sure that I'm snoring a lot right now. I'll just put you at my uh, American brew. You can come sleep here. Oh, there you go. Hey, if I've got access to those burritos, I'm down. Hey, actually, yes, and we need help in the kitchen. So you know what? You might need to pull some few few hours too. Yeah, that's last, fine. Last time Chris Gethin came and visited me, he knows he knows how to make the burrito at American Brew, so he could whip you up a burrito. And I tell you what, for anybody wondering, that is the best burrito I've ever had. That ah, was, was good. Awesome. You made it. It was good. All right, dude. Hey, I'm always, always, always impressed. Um, impressed by you. I want to ask you one more question about, you know, we're talking about bodybuilding and stuff. What is your advice? And I'm probably asking for myself too, like going into the competition, dieting down the reverse dieting part, because I've also noticed that since I've gotten back into the the competition scene that I've seen a lot of people that, um, are big supporters of mine. They're like, Oh, I'm going to sign up and do a show. What, and this is something that I, you know, I've never had a coach before. And after the show was actually really, really difficult for me like 10 years ago because I, nobody told me like the after show effects. Um, do you have any advice for, you know, you've done this more than I have about reverse dieting or like the la- the next 72 hours after a show, like your advice? Yeah, for sure. I think this is why you probably want to document it because it'll give you the accountability to stay on track. That's exactly why I'm documenting my journey for eight weeks after the event on how to put on muscle and take advantage of the anabolic window because it's very easy for you to cross into the abyss and eat your favorite cereal. You know, I know that you like cereal. So you'd eat your cereal and then you go, oh my God, I'm so full. And now I feel bad. And if I feel bad, I need more comforting and you eat more food. So I think it's very, very important that you set exactly what your nutrition should look like after the show, as if you were preparing for the show. Mm. Of course, maybe there's healthy alternatives like a homemade pizza or a homemade burrito that you make because you're probably really missing a pizza. You're really missing a burger, but you make it at home and you'll want, you'll feel light after having it, but you're still going to feed your cravings. Like if you're eliminating fruits from your diet, you'd be surprised how awesome it is to have some fruit and some Greek yogurt or something like that. You know what I mean? So I think it's very important that you come up with healthy alternatives to those cheats, but you kind of document it through a, you know, a journal, have that accountability, have that transparency and kind of put your sincerity on the line as well. That'd be my advice. Because like you said, so many people, like in my very last bodybuilding show, my friend competed in the first timers. He won his category. I won mine. But after I just watched him eat everything and he stayed at my place and he couldn't even walk down the stairs the next day because of the edemas uh, of the so tension on his yeah. ankle. Yeah, because he, he didn't know what was going on. He couldn't yeah. stop himself. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I remember that feeling and I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that again. That's for sure. And right now, honestly, Chris, I like don't want any food. <laughs> like you could literally put my favorite food in front of me and I'm so sick of eating. Like nothing even sounds good at all. Like yeah. it's just, but so we know that's going to change. I know. I'm sure I'm going to start cutting gonna that calorie deficit. And now your discipline will come from not eating. Yeah. You know, it's, it's quite a, quite a different cycle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, dude, it was so great to catch up. It's been too long since I've seen you and I was really looking forward to this podcast. Um, is there anything else that you want to leave like the listeners today? Any advice? Uh, yeah. Be harder to kill. You know, we're obviously we're in an environment today where it's uh, society wants us to be more comfortable, but we're dying. We're getting sicker than ever. You know, and I think it's because we become so vulnerable and we seek comfort in everything that we do. And so many times I'll hear people say, yeah, well, I didn't feel like eating that or I didn't feel like doing that. Don't do what you feel like. Then you're going to be, yeah, you know, you're going to be drinking alcohol. You're going to be fat. You're going to be ordering everything on Uber Eats. Get out there and be uncomfortable, whether that means not hitting the snooze button or making sure that you stick to the diet plan and you have your ice bath or the cold shower, especially when it's cold outside. Just do whatever you can to wake up every single day and say, what am I going to do to be harder to kill, you know, mm-hmm. and control my environment and not get controlled by it all the time. You know, that's what I got my clients to do today. Okay, it's raining outside. We're going to control the environment instead of getting controlled by it. And I think a lot of people would have a transverse effect in their life if they just focused on a disciplinary action in their life and get uncomfortable. I love it. Great advice. Well, I'll let you wind down because you probably have another busy day tomorrow over in India since it's nighttime there. But thank you for coming and being a part of the podcast today and definitely enjoyed having you on as a guest, man. I absolutely loved it as well. And thank you, uh, Ashley. And uh, keep rocking your world because you really, really do inspire me. Let's stay in touch. Likewise. Bye, Chris. Swallow your pride. There's nowhere to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky if you don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we're still unbreakable.